Well, good morning and greetings, everyone. I am Reverend J. Stewart Glover. I'm here with my precious wife, Stephanie. Good morning. And today we'd like to begin to discuss this topic of forgiveness and how we are challenged by the idea of forgiveness in our own lives. Forgiveness is a huge topic, and, and it is at the core of the Christian belief system. Forgiveness is also at the core of other belief systems as well. But in Christianity, it is important to our well-being and our healthy existence to remember that from the cross, in his last moments of life, Jesus cried out to God the Father and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And we find that in the Gospel of Luke, the 23rd chapter in the 34th verse. But let me just add a little context. The Bible, we know, tells us that humanity was formed from the dust of the earth by God. And I like to say that we were formed in the hands of God, by the hands of God. However, in this passion narrative, which is good to talk about as we're approaching Easter, we find humanity using their hands to brutalize, disfigure, and ultimately kill Jesus. They arrested him. They beat him. They interrogated him. They, they falsely charged him and sentenced him on those trumped-up charges. They sentenced him to, they sentenced him to death by the Roman system of capital punishment being execution by crucifixion. So the, the feet that walked on the water and along the roads of Jerusalem and its surrounding regions, preaching the gospel and teaching about the kingdom of God were, were now nailed to the cross. The, the hands that brought healing to the sick and that fed the hungry that gave sight to the blind and, and made the lame to stand up and walk. These precious hands were now nailed to a cross. So we, we observe that the human response to the ministry of Jesus was in fact to kill him. But on the cross, after having been fully brutalized, Jesus assumes a posture of prayer and he cries out, and says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So today, I wanted to talk about the relevancy and misperceptions around forgiveness today and how we are challenged by the concept of forgiveness. Now, I would like to um, invite folks to join in as we begin to discuss the importance of embracing God's forgiveness for ourselves, um, extending forgiveness to others, and seeking forgiveness from others who we've offended. So I'd like to again start out by talking about embracing God's forgiveness for ourselves. First of all, I, I believe and I think that God's forgiveness is beyond our intellectual comprehension. And I say that because we have a difficulty in, in understanding, intellectualizing, reasoning, how could we be forgiven for the things that we have done? And how could 
we be forgiving to those who have done things to us that have harmed our lives. So I think that we are challenged by our own intellectual capabilities, able to receive and, and accept God's comprehension. His, 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 uh, his, his strength is beyond our strength in this area. So can we accept God's forgiving us or someone else? I believe that there's a, there's a danger if we, have, if we struggle embracing God's forgiveness for ourselves. Mm -hmm. I believe that if we can't, first of all, if we can't accept God's forgiveness for ourselves, then we will find difficulty when trying to extend forgiveness to others. If we cannot embrace God's forgiveness for ourselves, then we open the door to extend it and prolong feelings and, and experiencing uh, prolonged um, uh, feelings of guilt and condemnation and being led, allowing the enemy of our well-being to exploit that and, and lead us to a place of despair, desolation and misguided hopelessness. I mean, um, if, if, if we think about it, the longer we wallow in our not being able to forgive ourselves, the, those voices may rise up that, that, that begin to tell you that you're worthless, that, you know, you matter of fact, you're not a believer. You never were and you never will be. So it'll just get worse and worse as we wrestle with, the, with unforgiveness towards our own selves. Um, God, if God says, listen, you are forgiven, why do we want to hold on to this unforgiveness and continue to journey through life, holding on to, to a, a sense of self-depravity and self-degradation when God, in fact, has told us that we are forgiven? The, um, the second point, and again, I would like to invite anybody to come on. I, I'm kind of new at this thing, and it seems like... Um, I'm asking guests to join, and I have this sleeping icon where I'm not even sure if folks are able to come on at this point. But anyway, I'll continue to talk. Um, if we have difficulty extending um, forgiveness to others because we can't accept the fact that we've been forgiven, um, it's, it's important to note that, yes, we love to be forgiven, but can we be forgiving? Can we extend forgiveness to others? So let's just talk a moment about different views about forgiveness. Um, I, I think that I've heard it said that, you know, I heard people say, and I think there's truth in it, but I think that if this is the only reason that people come up with that, then it's a rather reductionist view that they say that forgiveness is about your well-being and not so much about the other person. In other words, um, uh, people should not carry, continue to carry um, the, the bitterness and unforgiveness and walk around with that cancerous like um, uh, feeling that, that eats away at your soul and it eats away at your, um, your, your well-being. So this is one view that people have, that forgiveness is really about you more than the person who's who's offended you and and the only re and although that's true right that that's very helpful 
I don't want us to think that's the only view of forgiveness because after all, it's more than just, forgiveness is more than just um, something for you to do for your own psychological well-being. I mean, after all, Jesus died on the cross. It wasn't for his own psychological well-being. He died for us to be reconciled, restored, and, and um, brought into the kingdom of God. So, so let's just consider those two Two, um, two, two reasons to engage forgiveness. Um, one is for your own well-being, and two, um, it's got to do with the restoration and wholeness of the other person that who has offended you. I don't want us to be confused today thinking that forgiveness means that people who have offended us in a, in a violent way or, or any kind of way should not be held for their actions, held accountable for their actions. I, I mean, um, we all saw the the uh, Oscars show and, and what happened. And, and I think that people who engaged, um, the, the person who engaged in violence against another should be held accountable for their actions, right? Um, so now I'm not saying that people who murder other people should should walk away free and just be forgiven by society. I'm not saying that people that walk into a church and shoot up the church and the people in the church should just be forgiven and without any consequence. No, that, that's not it at all. But um, we can release the burden of unforgiveness in our own lives by, by being forgiven. And what I find helpful for me is that I see a person... Um, let, let me see if I can have another. Think of another example. I've met people who are continually express bitterness and unforgiveness for a parent who's, um, uh, let's say, left them and abandoned them in a hospital and put them up for adoption. I've met several people in this in this situation, and and they hold on to a bitterness for the parent. And I like to remind them, well, wait a second. Um, maybe you got to look at the condition of your parent when you were left in the hospital. Maybe they felt as though they weren't able to. Maybe psychologically, mentally, they were challenged and they just weren't able to keep a child and, and bring up a child in a safe and nurturing environment. So what I'm saying is that we need to look at folks through at their frailty of their human condition. And perhaps this will help us to be more forgiving. Again, it's not that we excuse them from being um, uh, dealing with consequences for their actions, but we don't need to hold on to build bitterness for someone who is who is um, not in their right mind, as they say. So, um, Stephanie, um, what do you think about um, the reason that God mentioned cries out for forgiveness for our? What was the purpose of His dying on the cross? And, the, and the, the powerfulness of him um, uh, asking for God to forgive us. Well, I think we need to also remember God's plan from the beginning to bring us back into relationship with him. Mm -hmm. I don't think we can go past that. So that when Jesus is um, interceding and asking God to forgive us because we did not know, we had no, we didn't have total revelation 
And uh, there are a lot of things we don't have total revelation of still that God's desire is to have relationship with his creation. Um, so it was more than just, he certainly wasn't praying for his own well-being. His, his intercessory prayer of forgiveness was aimed at our restoration to be in the right relationship with God. His, right. his forgiveness was opening the door for our reconciliation um, with God. So Jesus's prayer for forgiveness had everything to do with the spiritual condition of the one who he was praying for and the one who he was asking for this um, forgiveness for, the one who committed the offense. In the text that we read from the Gospel of Luke as he's being nailed to a cross, he is absolutely asking God to forgive the ones who were killing him from the cross. But I also believe that this, this intercessory prayer for forgiveness extended way beyond the audience of the people, the people who were around him, killing him, and those who, who stood watching. I think that it extends to us as well. And so we need to certainly embrace God's forgiveness and not um, hold on to the, um, the shame, let's say, of our, uh, of our shortcomings. You know, the gospel of God says when he was talking about the Gentiles and the Jews and the Jews were trying to um, um, consider the Gentiles as not being um, fully uh, righteous in the sight of God. God says, how dare you don't call unclean what I've called clean. And I say the same thing applies to our own personal lives. Uh, once we've been forgiven, uh, listen, don't we all mess up? We can get up and dust our knees off and keep on walking, but when we should not um, hold on to these feelings of self-condemnation and, 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 and thinking that we are unable to go forward. So let's learn to embrace God's forgiveness for ourselves. Um, and then we get to the, um, to, to the point of extending that forgiveness to others. And again, I don't want us to be confused thinking that people shouldn't be held accountable for their actions. They should. Um, uh, you know, if you kill somebody, you need to go to prison. Um, and hopefully, prayerfully in prison, you get um, restored and, and into a right relationship with God. It is possible. Um, nobody's beyond redemption and restoration. Uh, we, you know, so we just need to look at that person as not being well and, and we can forgive them. We don't have to forget what they did. Um, they need to um, pay the, the con their debt to society, but we should also pray for their, their restoration, well-being, and that they grow in their lives um, in, in their um, communion and relationship with God. So <clears throat> then there's the, the, the other um, idea of seeking forgiveness from others that we have offended. So I noticed that now I'm a church guy, right? But I've noticed that there's a phenomenon in the church all over the, all over the place. Um, there's this thing that we call church hurt. People come to church for healing and end up getting hurt. They end up having their feelings hurt and they don't expect this to happen because, you know, after all, the church folk are supposed to be the righteous of God. And But I've come to know that, um, you know, we don't always act the way we should. 
and people get their feelings hurt. And, and so it's important um, for us to, to think about, well, wait a minute, we have been forgiven by God. Can we also be forgiving to others? So now, can we seek forgiveness from others that we have offended? Can we can we realize, can we pray that God would give us the wisdom to know when we have offended someone? And can we man up, as they say, and go out and ask for that person's forgiveness? Can we admit our wrongdoing? Can we step away from pride and approach someone that we've offended and ask them to forgive us? I think that if we did, um, I have a funny feeling that this phenomenon of church hurt would not have the grip that it currently has on the blessed community of believers and people would would hang around the church a little bit longer than, than feeling a need to leave because that's what happens. People get their feelings hurt either by the leadership in the church or, or by the congregation members and they leave. Um, so I think we should, we're all called to, to make a concerted effort to try to um, not only uh, embrace forgiveness for ourselves, um, but that we should also extend forgiveness to others and that we should also seek forgiveness from those that we have offended. Um, now, prayerfully one day, we'll all get to the point where it's important for us to, to grab hold of this concept of forgiveness because one day you may meet someone that, um, that you need to explain God's forgiveness to. You may, uh, you may um, meet someone who, who is overwhelmed in despair um, in the, along their life journey. They can be in a place of spiritual desolation, depression, despair, and, and have a feeling of worthlessness and guilt that's overwhelming. So it's important for us to be able to explain to someone else. That, and, and I pray that God would use you in this way as you come across this person that you can introduce them to embracing God's forgiveness and um, feeling loved once again by God. I think one of the worst things that can happen to a person is that they live feeling condemned, separated by God, especially if the condemnation comes from uh, religious authorities that are telling them that they're condemned by God, separated, alienated, marginalized, sinful, and unforgiving. I have a particular um, place in my heart for the LGBTQ community um, for because they, in fact, experience much of this condemnation um, by the church. And, you know, although I do not myself identify as being a LGBTQ person, right? But, um, again, I think that um, one of the worst life experiences is for someone to, to walk around being made to feel is that they are eternally separated, marginalized, and not loved, and not only not loved, but condemned by God. And, and often it's these words that come through the mouths of religious people um, that are actually hurting people instead of contributing to their overall well-being. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep this short today. And um, again, I would like to invite folks to join if they are able, I don't know, I, I'm new at this this app, and it seems like I, I'm getting this little sleeping icon that that um, is perhaps is not allowing folks to come in. Um, so 
I'm going to um, conclude this session by just once again saying that it's very important that we embrace God's forgiveness for ourselves, um, that we extend forgiveness to others, that we'll be willing to extend forgiveness to others. Now, of course, if we can't embrace God's forgiveness for ourselves, we're going to find it difficult to extend forgiveness to others. Um, and then, of course, we need to seek forgiveness from others that we have offended. So I'm done here today, and God bless you. I'll see you next time.